This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hey, welcome to Here For It. I'm your host, Erica Muller. Each week, we'll be talking all things life, fashion and beauty, personal development, and probably some pop culture along the way as well. Here For It is your weekly space to get grounded, regroup, and be inspired to live your best life. Because really, we're all figuring it out as we go. And I'm so here for it. Hi guys, welcome back to Here For It. My name is Erica Muller. For anyone new around here, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. This week, we are diving all into the world of PR. I had a very short-lived stint in PR when I was in college. I interned at a fashion PR firm. And so this world isn't new to me by any means, but I do find it to be really fascinating. And as things like social media is ever-changing, It's pretty interesting to see how PR has evolved and changed with it. So I have Lydia Bagrosa and Bridget Eileen Sisko on the podcast this week. They recently launched Visibility on Purpose, which is a media training school where their programs help CEOs and business owners grow their audience, expand their reach, and land top-tier media without having to hire a publicist. We dive into so many different things in this episode around PR, but the thing that I think is most important as like a takeaway from this episode is that PR is for anyone um, and media training and things like that can help absolutely anyone, whether that's, you know, if you have a personal brand or you have a small business, or maybe you have a business partner, um, PR is something that comes up all the time. So we really dive into why PR is helpful whether you can do it alone or if you need to hire a publicist to get you on big publications, big interviews, things like that. Um, The hint here is that, yes, you absolutely can do it alone. Um, And Lydia and Bridget explain how and why in this episode, we talk about media training, what it is, why celebs go through it, how it's helpful. Um, We talk about pitching, the difference between a personal brand and a business and kind of how you need to figure out and evaluate what type of PR works for you. Not all PR um, works for everyone and every business. Um, And they also talk about like types of media that converts and where they see the most success from PR. I feel like this episode gives so many tips and tools for you. And also I think it's fun. We had a lot of laughs and giggles and it was just a refreshing conversation. I also, per usual, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, 
bring up Kim Kardashian. Um, and after I said, you'll hear it's towards the beginning of this episode where I bring up Lydia asked me for an example. And I said, Kim Kardashian. And immediately I was kind of like, Oh, like, I don't know if that was the best choice of like somebody off the top of my head because she's just the top of the top. And so I was like, maybe speaking to PR in terms of someone, you know, not quite at her level would have been better, but actually Lydia's response in terms of Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians in general was perfection. And so I'm really happy that I did speak up and my love for Kim, you know, got some good answers, but like I said, this episode is fun. Um, and I think you will enjoy it and I think you will enjoy getting to know Lydia and Bridget. So with that, let's get into this episode and you can start making your own PR moves. I think when most people hear PR, they think like A-list celebs, fortune 500 companies, they don't think it's something that they might benefit from as like a smaller, more quote unquote, regular person. Can you explain why PR is applicable to almost anyone? Yeah, totally. So what's funny about this question is it makes so much sense. Everyone always asks us this, but like, how did celebrities get there in the first place? How did they right. become celebrities through PR? <laughs> so I know it's so confusing because it's like, oh, I only think it's for celebrities. And when we think about the media, we think there's only, we're seeing the same big names. And so that is something that makes a lot of sense. But PR is something that should be implemented early. I, I personally believe in businesses, especially if you are somebody that you have, like you have plans to be a bigger brand, or you really want to make an impact and gain this legacy spot. We, I hear this, this term legacy a lot in the um, online space, especially in service-based businesses, coaching space. But if that is a dream that you have, it should always be implemented early because PR helps you borrow different platforms and really gain new audience members. So like being on a podcast, for example, is a great way to do this. Um, yeah. So getting on, getting in front of new audiences. And I feel yeah. like so much has, I always think like the gatekeepers have changed, you know, mm, it used yeah. to be like the celebrities or you have to have a huge ad budget to have a publicist or focus on PR. There's just this different mm, wave. I think of, you know, kind of what you were saying, Erica, before we started, how we have a need for some of these smaller creators or more boutique companies or business owners who started a business on social media with no overhead, but have an amazing product service and message. We want to give them avenues to be able to share it. And what we get to do is literally teach people how to do that with Lydia as a publicist and me as a brand message speaker myself. We just get to equip people with the tools and how they can do this themselves. So it's a pretty cool time to be a small business owner, I'd say. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And speaking of these, these gatekeepers, also we're becoming the media and that's something that people need to realize too. We're on a podcast today, which is amazing. Thank you, Erica, for having us. We so appreciate it. But like our your platform matters and your audience, it you have a dedicated fan base. So thinking about 
how can we be on these like shiny publications that everybody knows, like Forbes, like Pop Sugar, like Insider, Women's Health, but also there's so many avenues that you can take with this now, different podcasts, there's YouTube platforms. So we focus mostly on podcasting and editorial, but there are different ways to get your message out there. So when we think about our brand visibility on purpose, it's kind of visibility as a whole of like, there are so many ways that you can be visible. I love that. I want to jump back really quick to one of the very first things you said about like, how did a celebrity become a celebrity? And it's through PR. Mm -hmm. My question about this is like, okay, let's say you're not a small business owner or an entrepreneur or something. How do, how then would somebody use PR to grow that fan base? Like, what are you selling at that point? So can you give me an example? Like, let's say there's a celebrity. Okay. I can't mm-hmm. think of like a good one. Okay. We can use Kim Kardashian, I guess. Okay. Like <laughs> I feel like, well, maybe she's like overused a little bit because she knew exactly what she was doing, but like, you know, when there's like a celebrity who doesn't really, they're not an actress, they're not an actor, but they kind of just become like a public figure. And mm-hmm. you're like, where did this person come from? Like, what are they doing? Is it, yeah. they're just trying to sell themselves like their personality yeah. Okay. If we're going to look at the the lens of Kim Kardashian, she is a personal brand. Basically she's a celebrity because she was forward facing. She was already on a TV show though. Like a lot of people like found her probably from keeping up with the Kardashians or some sort of way. She was more like born into fame. So that one is a little unique in that like she eventually created how many businesses. I don't even know. She has skims. She has yeah. like who knows, whatever else, whatever else she has, but she does have businesses where she can bring revenue in and sell. And so for her, maybe her revenue is to build her personal brand and go on shows, talk about herself. So, or what she believes in or whatever, so that she can have brand deals come back to her. So there's always something that you can bring back to PR. So for her having a publicist, maybe I, I don't know what her publicist would do, but talking about like, you know, the her outfit at the Met Gala would be something mm-hmm. that would then drive traffic back to her Instagram to maybe get brand deals and things like that. So if we're talking about maybe like um, creators and we're talking about um, creators that are maybe trying to create more of a personal brand on a podcast or on YouTube, this would be something where It's still PR if you were to do like podcast swaps, which is something that a lot of our clients will do. If they have their own show, they'll reach out to other shows and be like, hey, do you want to do a swap? And typically, if you have a show, you have a format or something that you want to talk about, a specific message you want to share. So that's when brand messaging comes into play. It's like you are still a brand. You're just a personal brand or a public figure. And there are messages attached to that. Yeah. That makes sense. That distinction of like a personal brand, as opposed to I own a business. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So then on the back end, what does that look like? Like, I know you mentioned podcasts and editorial publications. What does it look like for you when you are helping somebody? Yeah. So, um, well, I'll do this on like a agency lens and then we can talk about visibility on purpose and what that looks like for our students. But for me personally, if I'm going to support a one-on-one client, typically my clients are service-based business owners, um, but some of them are product-based and I have a huge background in product. And what's funny about the celebrity thing is my career started in the music industry. So I used to I used to live in New Jersey and I worked for an agency, 
that had partnerships with some of the biggest record labels in the world. So I was spearheading campaigns for like the Beach Boys and James Bay and X Ambassadors. So I come from a celebrity background and a music background. I was doing that through the agency that I was working for. But um, what is interesting about that is like, if nobody talks about the album that they're coming out with, do people listen to it? You know, and so they have, especially music in general, we had some boutique boutique clients too, but like for music in general, they were starting to pitch client. They were starting to get publicists super early to get their music out there. Because once you get the listeners, then you get more um, listens on Spotify and you get better rankings and then you get better press. And it's just kind of like a domino effect. So reeling it back to how I support a client when a client first comes to me, um, I always suggest like know your brand and know your business. So when we go into like visibility on purpose and we have clients even there, we start right away with brand message and brand positioning. It's like, do you know what you want to be called? Do you know um, what your business does? Do you know how to present what your business does? And these are, these seem like very simple questions, but they can be really scary. Like when you come on a podcast or something and they're like, tell me about yourself. Like, what do you do? And you're like, I do a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, it's, we do a lot of that. And I do that with my clients too, before I start pitching them. And what's really special about, I think how I do things, how Bridget does things and how I do things collectively is we really try to think more about like, what does your, what is the authenticity of your brand? What is the personality of your brand? Like, how does it walk? How does it talk? And relaying that type of really like personality and emotion. Whereas like, I feel like back in the day, PR used to be more cut and dry. And it's like, here's a product. Do you want to put it on the magazine? And that's Mm -hmm. boring. Nobody wants to talk about that. So it's really like extracting cool story angles, especially with like, with the, with social media what trendy story angle can you kind of attach to your brand or speak on? Yeah, I love that. I had a short stint in um, fashion PR. I worked as a stylist for a while in celebrity (laughs) um, styling. And I worked at this fashion PR company um, while I was still in college. I interned with them. And it was interesting because we we were doing essentially that. Like we worked with certain designers and we'd have like the shoes or the jeans or whatever. And then we'd work with celebrities, stylists and say like, okay, Jessica Beale wants six pairs of these jeans. Let's get them to her. Let's get her photographed in them. Then we'd like download all the images from like mm-hmm. paparazzi. And then that was like our way to sell the clients, you know, products. It's wow. all strategic. It's all very strategic. <laughs> yeah. It's very strategic. I love that we have such like similar, I was in beauty and fashion PR for a little bit too. I feel like I've worn a lot of hats, started in music. <laughs> beauty, fashion. I, then I went into lifestyle and I was like, you know what? I really care about self-development, health and wellness. So I'm going into this space for myself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So then is, are these things that like somebody could do on their own then? Like, do you need to have a publicist? It's so funny. We just did like a <laughs> workshop in our community. We have a Facebook community called visibility on purpose community. And the workshop was how to build a press trail without having a budget for a publicist. And mm-hmm. we're very like specific that it's not 
like Lydia is a publicist. So she literally has people paying her so that she can represent them and pitch them and do all the communications. But there are business owners who maybe not are at, are not at the monetary level to start yeah. investing in a whole PR campaign for their business or for their brand. So like where visibility and purpose kind of like fits very beautifully into this whole equation is before a business is big enough, they might have a small team, they're making money, they have a website, they know what they're doing. We teach them how they can pitch themselves without having a publicist. And Mm. to me, it feels like very age of Aquarius, very like letting go of the gatekeeper is just like anyone can publish a book on, you know, Amazon KDP these days. Anyone has the ability to pitch themselves to the media. And then where Lydia and her agency magic comes in is when that business owner is ready to not pitch themselves and take the time to do so. They don't want to like look for the contacts. They don't want to be in charge of that aspect of like their business's growth strategy. Mm -hmm. They go to a publicist and say, Hey, this is who I am. Please do this for me. Like take care of it. (laughs) Totally. A lot of what we're doing in visibility on purpose is we're also media training them. So they are getting prepared, not only to actually reach out and pitch some people and start getting their, dipping their toes in some media. Maybe they get um, a piece of press here and there. Maybe they get on some podcasts, but we're also helping them learn how to share their message in a way that's going to be really compelling because if they were to pitch themselves to a media outlet, like we had some clients that got themselves in Time Magazine, Fortune, um, they got on She Finds, what what else? We had lots, lots of things, Girl Boss, lots of things. Yeah. Um, if it's going to be compelling to those publications and those gatekeepers at these places, it's going to be compelling to clients. It's going to be interesting to um, collaborators, to new colleagues, higher networks. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're preparing our clients to like go from this stage of their business business to really a next level. How can you put yourself in that thought leader position and stop feeling like um, maybe like some clients like of ours, they're, they're typically newer in business or they're maybe in business for like a year or two years. Maybe they haven't fully dove into their business. Maybe they're making consistent five-figure months, but they're still not at that stage where they're like, or four to five figure months, but they're still not at their stage where they're making six figures and like ready to dive into all of these things. So it's really helping them get prepared for that next level of visibility. Mm. Thank you for explaining that because I think you hear a lot about media training, or at least I have from coming from that world. Yeah. And I think the general public gets annoyed when like a celebrity is doing an interview and they're asked a question and they answer the question by essentially avoiding the question. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, this girl's had media training, you know, like she knows what she's doing, but I think yeah. other people are like, she didn't even answer the question. So it's helpful. I think for people to understand like why, um, like media training exists. Yeah. And there could be a lot of reasons why the celebrity doesn't want to talk about that specific question. Maybe it's led to questions before that was really uncomfortable and something that they don't, they want to, they don't want to share in their personal life. Or maybe it's a question that's talking about their past and they really want to focus on what's, what they're doing now within their work. That's a big thing that we talk about inside visibility and purpose. A lot of our clients and a lot of business owners in general, we, we've worn a lot of hats. We tried on a lot of things. We get to this place and we're like, I want to build this, this business because I've gone through X. And so their background is a huge part of what they're doing today, but it's not what they want to talk about necessarily. So yeah. I love to give this example as like one that was really cool. So I ended up at the very beginning of my, my own, my own um, business. I 
talked with a sustainable chef and she worked at Michelin star restaurants in New York city, which is like really freaking cool. And now what she's passionate about is like how to be sustainable in the kitchen, how to buy like certain vegetables that are sustainable seasons, um, what to do with your, like the fuzzy, like the green part of your carrots, instead of throwing them out, the fuzzy part, the green part (laughs) of your carrots before throwing them out. But when she got on podcasts, all the podcast hosts wanted to do was talk about her Michelin star background. What was it like mm-hmm. working in a Michelin star restaurant? Was it scary? How is the chef? Like, like how, what did you do to get there? And yeah, that's really cool, but it's not something that she wants to discuss when her true passion was about talking about sustainability in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do in visibility on purpose is we'll talk about what we like to call the pivots. Like, okay, how can we share our background in a way where we can still share those credentials, still talk about it, but then shift it or pivot it so we can really focus on what we really want to talk about today. Typically, when we're implementing PR, it's because we want to talk about some something that we're doing that feels like it has a lot of impact. And we want to be able to share that message and that, that impact now. I love that. It's just like having boundaries with yeah. what you are willing to talk about and not. And I think it's kind of insane. I think it comes from the fact that things are so accessible these days though, Mm. with Instagram and social media, that everything's so instant. And so it feels like we have, um, I guess just like instant access to things, but it's like, we aren't owed anything from any of these people, like just because they're in the public or they want to share parts of their story doesn't mean they're obligated to share everything. So I think it's amazing to like have boundaries with that. And to just like practice, I think speaking specifically, it's hard to, you know, write down like a statement about your business or like a story about your, how you got here and then articulate it in the same way. You need to actually speak it out to notice when you're speaking, where your mind starts to go and where you're tangenting. So this is where just like practice. And I guess we would call this media training is really important when you're being interviewed or any aspect of your business, because it's so easy to go down We've had so many experiences in, for each and every one of us. So how do we, you know, be organic in the way that we present ourselves? But also, like, as you said, with your um, fashion PR, being strategic at the same time. Yeah. Like, we're sharing <laughs> the things that matter for, like, where we're going forward. <laughs> totally. So then do you guys have advice? Like, if somebody asks you a question and you're like, this is not something I want to talk about, like, how you can pivot away from it without being you know, I guess, disrespectful. I feel like one of the things that people can do before they especially go on a show is send the questions that they want to be asked because Mm. there is a little bit of like control that the guest then has when they go up there on the stage. How I have taught it and handled this myself is typically like take the deep breath, address what they say and divert conversation. Mm. I don't have like the statement that I would say, but typically it's like, I hear what you're saying and then pivot in a way that makes sense for what the person said, but you're moving around it. And you know, what's so funny. I was listening. Do you guys know who Hillsong is? Like, okay. The, the church. It's so- a church. It is okay. It's a church, but it's like a music, like band at the same time. Mm. And okay. there was this whole like huge out. What would I call it? Like problem with the church where the leader of the church was like not doing what he said he was going to be doing. There's all this like PR mess. And he would go on to interviews and he'd be asked like, what do you think about this? And you can tell he had media training because he would answer the question the same exact way every single time. 
Oh, it's like one of those big churches. Oh yeah, this is like a huge congregation. I had to Google it because I didn't know. It was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. It's on Netflix. It's like all about Hillsong and like what happened for Hillsong. But to bring Mm. it back to this conversation, he pivoted by having media training, saying the same thing to every single every single like reporter or host always answering the question the same way. So I think when you have that level of visibility, like millions of people watching what you're doing, you know, having someone to guide you and help you answer those questions, like I'm sure Lydia does with her clients, it's really helpful. But is that helpful if you start just then robotically repeating answers or does that harm you? I think that was the problem with what he was saying because in this documentary, basically they put together all these clips of him saying, you know, love is X, Y, and Z. It was his answer to like what he thought about gay marriage. Okay. And he said the same thing every time. And you could tell it was robotic Mm. and not like from the heart. So this is that delicate dance. It's it's a delicate dance. How can we be organic yet strategic? And especially when you are in the public eye and things are going wrong with your brand how can you save yourself? But it's a, it's a delicate dance. Also, we typically work with, I mean, I'm very, very careful with who I work with because I want to work with people that are doing good things and that are, um, just kind of putting their authenticity and their heart into their work. So I haven't had any issues, knock on wood, but there are different ways that you can do this. So A lot of interviews now, especially for editorial, are moving into email interviews instead of on the phone. Mm -hmm. I remember back in the day, a lot of them were were what we call phoners. So we would get a phone call and then we would like tap in our client and I would introduce them and be like, hi, I'm I'm Lydia, the publicist. I have blah, blah, blah on the phone with me. This is how things are going to go. If you, um, if you don't want anything to be published, say off the record. And so those are things that like media contacts know. Um, if, it, if you say like off the record, it, it will not be going in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with email interviews now, it's so much easier because you can kind of sit down and decide what you want to say. You know, when you like have an interview and then you think of the perfect answer hours later yes. and you're like, ah, why didn't I say that? That was so good. So with email interviews, it allows you to kind of sit with that a little bit more and then submit through the internet. So that's kind of the way things are going. But if we were to continue to talk about like podcasts or to talk about maybe live shows, maybe TV, things like that, it is definitely what Bridget said, that delicate dance of, I think a lot of it's just, just comes down to practice. What, how do you want to present yourself? What are the things that you want to say? And then how can you stick to your boundaries? Mm-hmm. And if you'd honestly, like sometimes we'll just say like, add the human into it. Maybe just be like, you know, I don't really feel comfortable answering that. And like, whatever, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> That's my response to this. I'm like, maybe you just be human about it and just say like, I don't feel comfortable answering that question. Which I think is totally valid. I don't know why like we can't say those things because we should. Mm. Yeah, I think we're moving into an age where human connection is really something that I think we're all craving. Um, I think we went like almost too down the rabbit hole with the digital age during, especially during the pandemic and everything where we all were just like only on the internet. And what I'm seeing more and more just like, as a person living my life is like people are trying to get together in person and things are shifting and changing. And also what I've found is 
because we have so much practice on the internet, people are becoming more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people, almost everybody now has a podcast or they have a YouTube channel and people feel more comfortable speaking. And so it's become more natural to, I think, have those, those responses and conversations of like, we can shift and it's okay. Yeah. Speaking of social media, how do you feel about like all these different apps and does everybody need to be on all of them? And like, I think today it was announced that the new threads app, you know, like (laughs) the internet literally broke. I was like, is everyone okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a grandma too. I was like, what's threads? Like I I ended up downloading because I was like, I want to see what this is about. But I I think with like like, (laughs) visibility in general, I always see it as like these different channels through which we can disseminate a message. Cause that's what we're doing at the end of the day. Like our brand has a message. We're here to you know disseminate it. We're here to share our work with people. So social media is a really, really beautiful entry point for a lot of business owners because it doesn't cost anything. It takes time to build up the audience and, you know, post out the content and get more clear on what you do, blah, blah, blah. But it's a great entry point. I think where a lot of people are tired these days is that like the algorithms keep changing. The reels that once were really hot aren't too hot anymore. And it's feeling tiring. And I think what Mm. excites Lydia and I is that we're, we're going back to basics. It's like a traditional business, you know, had different strategies and channels in which they marketed their business and like PR and media exposure is like one of those channels and one of those avenues. And we kind of feel like we're resurfacing it and like revitalizing it because most online business owners have known nothing about media exposure or like podcasting as a group to grow their brand. And we're like, Hey people, like you don't need to post all day on social media and like keep swiping because there are other things that you can be doing in addition to having obviously a great presence on your social channels and a website, of course. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. And the way I think about socials is more of a nurturing platform. So if we're thinking about brand growth, we want to be getting in front of new audiences. We want to try to get on new podcasts, um, new publications, and whatever way that looks for you, TV, radio, you know, and the list goes on. And those are almost funnels that come back into your business and come back into your world. So um, in show notes, sometimes, you know, I always tell my clients, send along your social links and, and those types of things to see if they want to, to present in the, in the show notes. If you have a freebie or some sort of gift for them entering your newsletter, make sure that's also in the show notes. Make sure those link backs are in the publications. So these are ways for people to come to you. And then for social media, I feel like it's almost, and this is the way I think about it. And I think it relieves a lot of pressure is like, these are our people. These are our community members. This is how we can just like hang out, get to know each other and have deeper levels of conversations instead of like constantly posting and getting on the hamster wheel and like feeling like we need to grow. We need to grow. We need to grow. And listen, like some people are influencers or have grown on social media and that's fantastic. But if you ask me, that is not a monster that I want to tackle. I just think that you can do it in such an easier way where you can also meet people. Like a lot of my clients and clients that we've had in visibility on purpose, once you start connecting with these writers, they're going to come back to you Mm -hmm. and ask you for more. Like I, I have writers that have covered certain clients many, many times because they know they're a valuable source Mm -hmm. to support their content or even like you, like, I I hope that this is okay to share. Yeah. Okay. Um, you reached out to one of my clients because she was on Frenchie, which is um, Ashley Tisdale's website. Mm-hmm. And that was like 
so exciting for me because it's showing like yours working. <laughs> but like you, you were able to reach out to my client because you saw her there. And so those things are really fun to see and witness a lot of my clients, especially working with them for over a year. Almost all of their clients come from podcasts because they're using their voice. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Wow. Almost all of them. And I also love all my clients. So I just so happen to be in like most of their containers, which I need to calm down. I'm in like so many masterminds and things, but the, they'll, they'll share and they'll be like, Hey, I, so I heard X and X on a podcast. And so that's why I'm here. And I'm like, Oh really? Which one? <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So it's really cool. It's just about community building, meeting new people. A lot of, like, my clients, too, have made great friends with the hosts, and now they, like, chat with each other, and then they invite each other on retreats, and they invite each other into seminars, and it just creates this, like, whole new friendship or, like, higher-level network that you never would have had access to otherwise. Yeah. 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 I love that. I feel like so many of the people I've had on my podcast, like we keep in touch. I'm like, let me know how things are going. They send things, you know, and I love that. Like, I love meeting new people and learning and hearing different people's stories and stuff. And so to just be able to continue that um, really is such a gift. Totally. I feel like podcasts are so good for that too. I always tell the story that I invested in one of my mentors from listening to her talk on one podcast. I had (laughs) never met her. I'd never listened to her. I'd never heard of her. She was interviewed on one podcast. I loved what she was talking about because she was just human. She was keeping it real. She had just had like a baby and was in a season of life where things were changing. And I was like, I respect her. Like I really you know, appreciate it because podcasts like long form, you get to know people. And I've invested like five figure amount working with this person from one podcast. So like talk about yeah. the ability to um, monetize also for going like ROI podcast. Yeah. Good place. I feel like it's like the best marketing channel. I always joke around with Bridget. I'm like, I need to stop listening to shows. I've invested in a bra. I've invested in so many vitamins. I love health and wellness. So like (laughs) I'm always listening to health and wellness. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. I've invested in programs. Like what else have I also bought? Just like so many things. I'm like, oh, this like um, EMF device for my house. Of course. Of course, (laughs) EMF devices. (laughs) Of course I've done that one. It's just like, or even um, this was a good one. So it cosmetics. I was like, I love Almost 30. Do you know that podcast? Yeah, Yeah, it's a fun one. And so, and I love the girls too. They just like chat and they have a great time. The host, it's just like so fun. So they had um, the founder of of It Cosmetics on their podcast, like, I don't know, like two years ago at this point. And I was cleaning my room and I was like, you know what? 
I don't really care about it cosmetics. I see them in the store and I always just like kind of walk by. They have a lot of pictures of people with rosacea. Like mm. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like it's not for me, but I'll listen anyway because I love the host. And so that's when it comes into that like credibility and that trust factor of like whoever they're going to bring to me, I'm going to listen to it. Same thing with like my favorite magazine. Like if I'm listening to, or if I'm like grabbing like Forbes, I'm going to probably just like trust whatever is in that magazine. So that's kind of like, that credibility and trust, but I was listening to the founder of It Cosmetics. I was so invested in her story. She was talking about her spirituality, her connection to God, her story of how she was like a, um, she was a waitress. And then she found, she came up with this idea to like show inner and outer beauty. And it was about confidence and like feeling comfortable in your skin and like all this stuff. I was like, all right, uh, yep. I'm an It Cosmetics fan. Like went right into like, I had to go to the the makeup store anyway is like a few days later, but ended up buying their like under eye cream. And I was like, I just want to support her. So to me, PR and those types of avenues converts people that might not have ever been interested in your brand or have even heard of you really, really quickly yeah. than just like scrolling on social media, which scrolling on social media is, is more like a blip where when they're listening to a podcast, they're list, they're invested in your time for like 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. My mentor yeah. used to call it the microwave method when you could see someone on yeah. video and speaking because it just converts people, people quicker because of the trust factor. And I always think about, you know, the voice as we've probably been in events where we've heard someone talk and we can literally like feel it in our body because voice and sound strikes a chord in us mm. and it can like move us, you know, forward or inspire us. And I think that's something mm. that you know, like written content can't necessarily do, but podcasts like videos, YouTube, they're just like microwave. Bing. <laughs> totally. That's a great analogy. I know. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> microwave, bing, ready. <laughs> so yeah, it's so true. And I feel like there's so many different reasons why you would choose different types of media platforms. So like podcasts, I think are like the fastest way to generate sales in my opinion. But if you're looking for credibility and trust, that's when you want to start looking at editorial and those like logos, like yeah. L insider, women's health, Forbes, all of those things, or whatever is in your category or your industry. So, and those are really what people see and they attach to, this is a credible brand or a thought leader, or they, they can hang with me. So like, say for example, you see, I don't know, a wellness brand or like maybe it's your favorite candle and they are made with like coconut wax and they're like all sustainable and like whatever. They're going to most likely be featured in sustainability publications like Mind Body Green. And if I see my favorite candle brand or like I see a candle brand that I know, but I see that they have recently been featured in Mind Body Green, I'm immediately going to go back to them and probably purchase because I know that Mind Body Green only covers these types of brands when they're like really good or like they've yeah. passed like their, their gatekeepers. So yeah. The trust is there. That trust factor. The trust factor is there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I have a question in terms of this, but regarding like maybe, I don't know if this would be considered bad PR, but what's the mm. opposite? Because I have this where there's a certain product off the top of my head that I can think of. It's on almost every podcast, every influencers promoting it. Okay. But it's like a turnoff to me where I'm like, I, the more everybody has it, the less I want to purchase this. 
Is that athletic greens? Yes. <laughs> Immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, it's, it's athletic greens. I was like, oh, it's athletic greens. Yes. Honestly, I feel like athletic greens, they were just like, oh, we found success early. So we're just going to like put our entire budget towards podcasting. But it like immediately I'm like, I will never purchase this because it just, wow. it just makes me, it feels really ingenuine to me. What is mm. it about? Like, what is it about it for you? I think because it's on, it's everywhere, but like it's every influencer. And I'm like, was this influencer even using it before? Did you guys just pay them like a ton, a ton of money? Yeah. Like none of it feels authentic to me. And it's like that trust factor isn't there. Even with certain influencers that I follow or podcasts I listen to and it's on, I'm like, I trust you guys, but also like you guys are making a lot of money on this podcast. I'm aware of that. And like, sometimes you're probably slipping in a deal where it's like, our audience probably likes this. Maybe I'm not super into it. I have an answer to this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's two different there. I mean, there's many types of PR, but there's paid press versus organic press. Okay. They are clearly getting, they're clearly paying because they're all like sponsored by. So it's, yeah. So that's, that's more like advertising, marketing budget, those types of things. But there is a specific type of PR and it drives me crazy, but I don't, I don't think it's wrong. I, I want to be very clear. Like, I don't think it's wrong to okay. put PR, to put a budget towards buying into a publication or buying into a podcast, mm -hmm. but earning just feels more genuine and organic. So we focus on organic PR. I've, I've only done PR that way my whole life. Uh, my whole life, my, my, my whole life, my career. <laughs> and same thing with visibility on purpose. So the difference is when you are approaching a publication or a podcast, you are pitching them. So you are pitching them the idea. You're saying, Hey, I'm here. This is what I'm all about. Would you be interested in interviewing me? Would you be interested in having me on your show? And when they say yes, it's like, comes out as like an article where they're quoted or like an interview where they're like talking about their work or like, for example, my client that you saw on Frenchie, like she was in her, she, it was this whole story on her hypnotherapy session. And that was so organic because she actually gave a free hypnotherapy session to the writer. And then the writer was able to talk about her experience. Mm -hmm. So that was coming from a really organic place as opposed to paid advertising, which you can kind of see number one, they have to, Disclose. they have to say it. Yeah. I have to disclose it. Yeah. So they'll say like sponsored by. So if they do have an episode and say sponsored by, like this is a sponsored client, we're interviewing them that or a sponsored, like whatever mm -hmm. you say on podcasts, but um, they have to say that same thing. If you're buying into PR, it'll say like near the writer's name, it, instead of saying like written by or by, it'll say like sponsored by. Mm -hmm. So I look out for those. Um, you can kind of tell because they're a little bit clunky, like clunky. It'll look more like an ad than it does look like an interview or like a regular story. Every once in a while, they get they get a good one where somebody will like kind of write it and you'll be like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty good. And that's where I also think it it's right for the right person if you have the budget. So I, I, I understand what you mean about feeling genuine. And I think it really comes down to asking yourself as a brand, like it does, is this right for me? Will my consumers find this in genuine? How are my consumers purchasing my products? If it is just a product, 
And maybe it's like, I don't know, like a electronic where it doesn't really matter. Um, maybe it's not a good, maybe it is a good idea to buy into press, but if you are a health and wellness brand where your client, where your audience members are more conscious, maybe it's not a good idea to approach media from that way. I also, okay. I want to go back to this like AG one thing for a moment because I listen to a lot of podcasts too, and watch a lot of YouTube videos. So I see exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think, um, as we are, spending more time online, we're also becoming more conscious and able, like our bullshit meter is really high. Mm. So if I'm a company (laughs) who like goes to McDonald's and like eats all this crap and then I'm like, yeah, take your AG one. That's so misaligned. So I think where we're shifting is like company alignment, brand values have to be in the same direction. Like a good, good ad that I've seen is this girl who, you know, travels all around and she has like a VPN sponsor. I actually think I think she uses the VPN. I see the value in it. I'm interested in that because I have looked up this VPN now and she's weaving it into her life. So I think it's this difference between like a a commercial ad, which is what we don't like when we're seeing like pharmaceutical commercials, when we're watching like home, home network, like, you know, whatever TLC show I've been watching for all my life versus an aligned ad where it makes sense for that person to be supporting that product. I think it's like we're shifting that direction, but that's why our bullshit meter is so high now. We're like, mm-hmm. come on, you don't drink AG1. Yeah. Another one that I keep seeing is, and again, it's nothing wrong with the the product. I haven't, I actually haven't tried it, but if you're on TikTok, like Bloom, I think yeah. the one that everyone's like, it, they're just Every single TikTok yeah. is the same. They just have their little like mixer and they're like, hey, this is Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> I am intrigued though, because I do love a good supplement. But um, yeah, it's that's another one where I'm like, mm, does it work? Because you can tell that they're constantly paying um, influencers to be on their platforms. So I love what Bridget said. And I think it's really about thinking, maybe moving forward, where the psychology of our audience is right now. So then in that same vein, if somebody's like, I'm a small business owner, or I want to, you know, grow my personal brand, what are some things that they're just starting out and they're like, maybe I don't have the budget for a publicist. What are a few things that they could start? And what are some things that you're like, absolutely do not do this. I feel like Lydia could answer all the things to not do. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, Bridget, you want to talk on this? (laughs) I just know that you were talking about it this morning. Um, Okay. Not to do. Let's see for personal brands. It's really, this is like the one thing that I find that's really hard. And I, I want to like, just say it is difficult to pull ourselves kind of out of the brand. Mm -hmm. So we are a lot of personal brands. It's like, we feel like there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way all the time. And we get, if we are a personal brand, which most of our clients are, we can actually look at the business as a separate entity. So like my business name right now is Lydia Bagarosa LLC, but Lydia Bagarosa LLC turns off Friday night yeah. and Lydia Bagarosa turns up Friday night. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I literally don't. I go to sleep. <laughs> watching Netflix most likely. But anyways, you just really want to separate. <laughs> you can't. You really want to separate yourself. Um, so I think the hardest thing for personal brands is to just like, Think about how does my business want to walk, want to talk, want to act 
For an example, one of my clients, she was getting a photo shoot done and she was like, Lydia, I don't know what to do. Cause like, I really want my brand to be like this sparkly, like really fun, bold energy. And I want to put sparkly lipstick on for my photo shoot, but that's not what I do every day. When I talk to my clients and I serve them on zoom, I show up most likely in a sweatshirt and I'm like, yeah, but like, how do you want your brand to feel when somebody comes across you? Do you want it to be this big sparkly brand? And if yes, like freaking go for it in your photo shoot, that's okay. So um, I think that we need to think about like what our business wants to be versus ourselves. Mm. And then things to think about. Um, We want to think about what we want to call ourselves in terms of a credit line. So our titles, um, do we want to be called CEO? Do we want to be called something expert? Do we want to be called doctor, lawyer, like whatever it is that our credit line is? Do we want to be called influencer versus creator? I think everyone likes creator more now. And I think that's what's like kosher. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So it's it's coming up with those types of terms. And then you want to make sure that your brand summary makes sense. Brand summary is like, what does your business actually do? How can you talk about it in a way that's going to be compelling and right to the point? Um, if you're talking about your business in a way that is really confusing, you might want to revisit that, that sentence, those few sentences and say like, okay, how can I, we work with a lot of spiritual clients that have a lot of esoteric like lingo that they use and they don't realize because we're on the internet all day. Um, and we're talking to each other. They don't realize that certain language that they use isn't language that everybody uses. So there's a little bit of media training that comes in there. So it's also knowing your audience too. If you're going to be pitching to fours, but you're um, a spiritual business owner, you're talking about manifestation, they'll use words like, and I'll even use them too, but like calling in your, how do you call in your, your dream car? And it's like, people don't use call in people say attract. Mm. So thinking about like certain language that you can use to make it just be very digestible for others for your audience members and where you want to go yeah just a couple more I'd even add to that too it's like we want to know what we do who we serve why we do it so what's the story behind it we also Mm want to know what sets our brand out in you know the sea of all the other business coaches out there and this is where I think people should do a little bit of research on what's timely relevant and newsworthy because a way that you can make a pitch actually stand out is by leaning on what's going on and then adding a creative spin with, you know, your background, your expertise, your wisdom as a way to stand out. So that's kind of like more of what helps you stand out. And then the next steps are like looking at what outlets you look, you'd be really aligned for. Like Lydia said before, if it's podcasts, start to research some podcasts that have a similar audience, then you have to find the actual contacts, which I think for the, you know, DIY route, which we teach inside Visibility on Purpose, that's one of the hardest things. It's like, how am I on earth going to find the editor at Forbes email address? So put on your little FBI hat really quick and then you can (laughs) get in there. (laughs) Lydia and I always joke that we're really good at like sneaking around on the internet, like finding things. Yeah. Like, you know, you know how to research. (laughs) Special skill. I feel like it's, um, a social being a publicist is like being a socially acceptable online stalker 1000% (laughs) I'm like I'm like hey so and so at (laughs) publication I saw that you recently wrote about this and you posted about this on your Instagram so I wanted to introduce my client and it's like how do you know all these things about me but the reality is too 
pitching, and I don't, I would actually love to hear your thoughts on this. So a lot of writers that I work with, it's, it's this like beautiful relationship where we both need each other, but like, it's a love hate a little bit. Cause like there are certain days where I will pitch out this story angle and I'm like, oh my God, this is the most perfect angle for this specific writer. And I know they're going to love it. And it's crickets. And like, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It might just mean that it's not the right fit for right now. Maybe they have a full calendar. Maybe their editor's asking them to cover this. Um, most of my the writers that I work with tell me that they actually file away all the like thousands of emails they get a day, which blows my mind. But I know, right? Yeah, Bless up. There's like this archive of like, I don't know, this huge library in the sky. It's <laughs> literally in the cloud, just their big library. But they absolutely love to receive pitches because it also inspires them to write. And so I would love to hear your perspective on this, Erica, as a podcast host, how you feel about pitches. But um, for us, it's like, it's such a fun way also to introduce who you are and create a new relationship with somebody. 100%. I actually love pitching. I feel like, um, love it. Love to hear it. <laughs> I feel pretty like confident in it, but it's come through a lot of trial and error. Cause I didn't, nobody taught me how I was just mm -hmm. like, I think I, this feels good. And like, this sounds like I want to mention these things. And so I feel like I've crafted it over time. Um, I mean, I guess I could ask you, you saw my pitch. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, I think your pitch was awesome. I meant on the reverse, like, do you receive any inquiries or oh. pitches to be on your show? But yeah, your pitch was awesome, by the way. Oh. I was like very impressed by all the people you have had on your show. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, okay. I'm like, wow. She's really legit. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So reverse, it's really interesting because I can tell immediately, whether mm. someone is a fit, whether somebody has actually listened to my show, whether they're just sending this out in bulk to absolutely everybody. And totally. I don't know if it's an energy thing. I don't know if it's a gut feeling. I don't know if it's literally just what's written in front of me. Um, but I can tell almost instantly whether I want to continue this conversation or not. And what do you wow, feel I when it's um, like an agency pitching you like representing versus the person themselves? Um, I will say if I get something from an agency, I'm like, okay, there's legitimate legitimacy here. This person's represented. They've been, you know, kind of verified in some way. So I'm more inclined to do a little bit of a deeper dive, but it's not a deal breaker for me. If somebody isn't with an agency, um, it just might take me more of a second to go through things. Um, but if it's still worded very like, I've listened to your podcast. Here's things that I know about you. And I'm like, okay, this feels like somebody actually paid attention to what I'm doing. Um, I'm totally open to moving that conversation forward. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? All of this stuff is just like a game of credibility and trust, but it is true. And so this is what I, I teach my clients and what we teach in visibility on purpose. Well, what we just teach in vis visibility on purpose is when we're when we're helping brands or business owners craft their pitch, we look at everything. I do not like, we're not letting anyone send anything out that yeah. isn't, hasn't had our eyes on it. Um, when it does get sent out, they can feel really confident that they've had a publicist, that they've had a brand messaging expert, a speaker, like look at this and say, okay, you presented yourself in a really professional way. And what I've heard from our clients, which is really fun to hear is they get feedback from podcast hosts that are like, 
I looked through that. I looked through thousands of pitches a day, but yours really stood out to me. This is really amazing. I'd love to have you on. And so I think because they don't have a publicist representing them, when they do send that pitch out, that does look really shiny. Mm-hmm. They'll get a response like that, which is just like fun for us to hear too. Cause then we're like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I feel like everybody could use, use this, like no matter what business industry, anything you're in. Like yeah, yeah. Everyone should learn how to do this. Honestly, talk about like helping sales also, because we always are talking about our businesses, whether we're like going to a networking event or we're on a podcast, mm-hmm. or we're just like promoting, you know, an upcoming offer to be able to talk about your business in a way that is like sexy, informative, direct, compelling. Like that's, that's sales at the end of yeah. the day. So this should be a prerequisite for everyone and you have fun too. So a good time. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I was thinking about this today actually and I messaged Bridget about about this exact topic and we both talk about this stuff all the time but like when I was going through my wellness journey, I feel like everybody kind of goes through this. I feel like you hit like 25, 26 and you're like, "All right, my body is doing different things and I also want to have like better mental health and like, you know, whatever. What am I going to do?" And so when I was deep diving into the health and wellness industry back in 2017, 18, I wasn't really seeing the people that I loved most that I was like resonating with in editorial at all. And like podcasts were just becoming a thing. They were like budding around 2017, 18. And so I like started binging podcasts, but I was like, why are these people like not on the internet? Like where they Mm. should be? I I just don't get it. Like, this is what's helping me so much. And so what we've realized is a lot of it actually has to do with brand messaging and brand positioning, which we focus on a lot inside visibility on purpose. And so one of our missions is to really just like support business owners that have a vision and are here to make an impact. They're doing good in the world. And it's like, it's so funny because I feel like those are the people that always have the imposter syndrome or always have the confidence issues, which is so funny because it's like, those are the most credible in my eyes. So we really just want to focus on like, how can we help these people step into their thought leadership? Yes, we're using PR as our like lens, but it really just bleeds and radiates into every aspect of our business. Like our clients, our, our Instagram, our sales, like really everything. So that's what we really, that's what we kind of do inside visibility on purpose. We joke around. We're like, I feel like it's like a PR slash confidence school slash thought leadership school. I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something really cool. You find that people are intimidated by being more visible. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. People are so scared, which is interesting because like, I've never been scared and I didn't think people would be scared. Like I just like put myself out there. I'm like, yeah, like I got something good to talk about. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And then I learned, you know, after the fact, but a lot of people are really, really scared. And I do think like in the wellness, spirituality, consciousness space, people are also scared to be seen as that type of person just because yeah. of like print that that has had in our society for mm-hmm. generations, you know, like these are the healers, these are the witches, these are the weird yeah. people. And they're going to come on these big platforms talking about past life regression. Like, absolutely not. And yeah. so there is this little bit of like, Lizzie, Lydia and I are really like businessy, but we're also like soft. We love, and our, I think that's- we love our spiritual practices. Uh-huh. We, we chat about what we're doing in the morning. I'm like, I journaled and did a little yoga and oh, same. <laughs> I'm so into it. Yes. I love that. Yeah. 
but people are scared for sure. And I think that's where practice is your best teacher, you know, to have, to be able Mm -hmm. to practice it, to be in community with other people. Also, when you're going through something like that, like I used to host women's circles. That was like my, my thing back in the in-person days. And that was a big healing experience to be in community, to talk about fears of visibility, fears of change, you know, all those things, but to reflect it to each other. And we can still do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most common inquiries that we get are, they always start like this, like, I'm finally ready to be seen or like, <laughs> I'm finally ready to to start my PR journey. And so it, people are afraid and it, I get it. It's really vulnerable. Even if you are a brand name, like mm. even if you're a brand name and you're not a personal brand, it is a lot. Cause it's like your business is your baby. And so putting that out there and then mix that with a personal brand where you need to show some of yourself too, it can be a lot. So like we recognize that 100%. It's like, how can we find the tools? We actually just had a workshop called visibility era. It was stepping into your visibility era, which oh. was so fun. Yeah, yeah, it was so fun. And we talked about like uh, ways that we can dissolve our limiting beliefs of like, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. Why would somebody want to listen to me over somebody else? Like we talk about those mm-hmm. deep wounds, but we also talked about like the little fun, tangible things. Like if you sweat a lot and you know that you sweat a lot and you're going on a stage next week, maybe you wear like a pattern shirt instead of a solid, you know? Yeah. So like how, we know ourselves, how can we work with this and still move forward? How can we choose to be visible because we know that that's what we want to do and not let fear get in the way. I love that. I think it's so important. Yeah. Ugh. When did you start your podcast? This it's, is, I, mean, I love your show. Thank you. You're I, welcome. <laughs> that means a lot. Um, I started it in 2020. Yeah. During the pandemic. Wow. I love that. Oh, and like, yeah. Yeah. What made you want to be seen? I'm just curious now that we're talking about it. Um, well, my background, I grew up doing like dance and theater. And then I was in the acting industry for a long time in LA, which I'm still in mm-hmm. now. Um, but I just kind of like had an innate like love for it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You also like didn't have all the fears like me. I'm thinking you and I are more <laughs> similar in that way. Like you too. <laughs> You two are the minorities. What's funny is I actually had a little bit of a fear of being seen because I've always been the background person. I would be the person that would come with you to these big press events, or I would pitch you and get you these huge press trails. And so me being more seen when Bridget and I started Visibility on Purpose was like, oh man, I have to be visible, huh? I need to really walk the walk. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So it was kind of interesting to be teaching this. And then when I'm actually putting myself in front of the microphone or the camera to see how I reacted and I feel so much more comfortable now, but when I first started, even just like when I started my business in 2020 as well, um, when I decided to quit my agency life and just be like, I'm going to start my own, um, allowing myself to be on like social media, which is where a lot of us start was kind of scary. I I actually used to see Bridget go live every freaking day in Facebook. And I was like, I haven't, I, who I won't is- go there. Like that's one area I don't do. <laughs> she is the Facebook queen. So if you ever want to go in there, Bridget's <laughs> out there just going live every single day. I mean, not anymore. She's chilled, but um, she's chilled out. She's now in our Facebook group, um, Visibility on Purpose community, but she went live today. But yeah, I just thought that she was so charismatic. And I I love how years later we have decided to join forces because it's been really fun to see somebody like just 
be themselves and allow themselves to be seen in that type of way. Bridget, Mm -hmm. my love letter to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Thank you guys so much. This was so helpful. Thank you too. Thank you so much for having us. You were, oh, you're so much fun. Actually, I, we would love to have you on our podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and say, because I know she's thinking the same thing. (laughs) Just started a podcast, um, Visibility Era. We're really going with the theme here. So um, yeah, please come on ours too. Oh my God, I I would love to. I want to hear so much about your story. Mm -hmm. I want to ask questions, but I'm like, I know this is about us today, but. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. I'm down. I'm I'm in. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, Let everybody know where they can find you. Visibility on purpose. Share anything you want. Yeah. Visibilityonpurpose.com. We have a Facebook group, Visibility on Purpose community. We have an Instagram, Visibility on Purpose. We have like YouTube. If you type in Visibility on Purpose and just like come hang out with us in the community, we have just good conversations going on about visibility, about like media wins. It's just a fun place to spend some time on the internet. So come hang out with us there. Yeah. We love our Facebook community and it's a lot, it's full of a lot of business owners. So if you are a small business owner, a personal brand, you're ready to just step into your visibility era. That's the place to be. We also share a lot of tips and tricks of like how to present yourself to the media, how to maybe even get like interviews. We tell all of our clients in our community too, like if you're looking for a podcast guest or something like that to like post it in the Facebook group. So you can, you can hang out with us on Facebook. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, Erica. Thank you. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.